that our lives are on a firm foundation. You are the rock that's unshakable. Our lives are built on you. Irrespective of what's happening, we thank you that our security and our safety is founded in you. The storms may come, the gales may blow, but our house will stand because of you. Our lives remain strong. Our lives remain built and founded because you are our unfailing foundation. And today we want to thank you for that. Today we raise our voice to praise you in adoration and worship for your goodness, your mercy, and your love to us. Amen. Amen. Well, today is Remembrance Sunday, and in a moment we're going to remember, we're going to take a moment to remember the great sacrifice of our servicemen and service women, who in our generation and in many other previous generations have laid down their lives in sacrifice for us. Do you know, relatively speaking, we live a very comfortable life, don't we? We really do. You know, I know we go through stuff and, and life is not always easy, but relatively speaking, we are well kept in this land. We really are. And that's because millions upon millions of men and women have sacrificed their lives, surrendered their lives to ensure the well-being of our nation, securing our safety at the expense of their own. Many have laid down their lives. Many, even today, carry lifelong injuries for their commitment to serve this country and it's important we only do it once a year it's important to take a moment and i know that every one of us here in this meeting this morning appreciate the sacrifice of such men and women that serve in our services so we're going to take a moment of silence right now one minute where we're going to remember those servicemen and women and their families that have sacrificed them to serve our country and to secure our safety. Let's take a moment of silence here right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for men and women throughout many generations that have laid down their lives to serve their country, to secure the safety of this land. We thank you, Lord, that we enjoy peace. We enjoy comfort. We enjoy 
prosperity in this land because of the sacrifice and the surrender of life of many. Lord, we take this moment today to thank you for their lives. We know today that there are wives that do not have husbands because they have surrendered their lives. We know today that there are husbands that don't have wives because of the sacrifice and surrender given. We know that there are homes in our land, in fact, many homes across our land where children don't have a parent or parents because of the great sacrifice that has been given. Lord, we pray for your comfort today across our nation, in homes that are grieving, in lives that are still full of pain because of the loss and the grief that they carry. We pray to the God of all comfort that they would receive comfort, that you would send laborers, laborers into their lives to sit with them and to go the distance with them in their pain to bring comfort, help, strength, and life where there is pain. We ask this in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Wonderful to be together this morning. Worshipping God in his house, what a blessing. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Something happens when God, God's people come together. Collectively, when we sing his praise, he inhabits our praise. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, I'm only going to listen to those who sing in tune? My goodness, I'd have to stop before I came in. No, there's no mention of tune. You can sing in all kinds of tunes when you're singing your praises to God because he listens to our hearts. It's wonderful that we've got singers and musicians here that play skillfully before God and lead us so well in worship. But I tell you what, in, when I'm singing some of these songs that we sing, if you could hear the tunes that come out of my mouth. I'm trying to go high, low. I'm trying to do a bit of Barry Manilow in between. I'm doing it all. So good, though, because that expression, that voice of praise, where we just give our thanks to God, whether it's in tune or whether it's not in tune, whether it's just a joyful noise, it matters not. It brings God great pleasure. And he inhabits that. And we've sensed that this morning. We've felt that in this place as we've praised him. It certainly is such a good thing to be together and to collectively come with one focus in mind, with one intention to give him praise. Yes, to see each other. Yes, to encourage each other. We're a family with the body of Christ. But also our sole purpose in life is to glorify God, our Father. That's what brings fulfillment. That is abundance in itself. To use your life as an expression and as a means to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus. There's nothing like it. Amen? We're continuing in this series, Rethinking Your Life. And last week, if you remember, we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul talks about how we are called to demolish strongholds and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We're going to read in a moment those words from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 again that Paul gives to us about demolishing strongholds. And as we do, we're going to hear language and image, see imagery that Paul uses that points out that we are involved, each and every one of us, in a very real war, an invisible war 
rages every day, a battle is being fought for your mind. Because Satan knows whoever gets control of your mind gets control of you. And the thoughts that we think and the battles that we face are all designed for the enemy to gain vantage and control and territory in our lives. Therefore, we have to be vigilant. Therefore, we have to guard our minds and renew our thinking after the word that God has given to us, the word of promise. We never have to be afraid in this battle. We never have to retreat from the battlefront because Paul confidently announces that our weapons are mighty in God. Never forget that, child of God. Never forget those words that are spoken to you. The weapons that you have are mighty in God. That's what's at your disposal. That's what's available to you 24-7. In any event of life, in any circumstance that you face, the weapons of your warfare are mighty through God. Listen again to Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read from verse 3 through to verse 5. He says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. Now, we're going to just pick up on one weapon this morning. There are many, I'm sure, as we go through the Word of God. But we're just going to pick up on one, and we're going to focus our time on the power of prayer. The power of prayer to destroy strongholds in our lives and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Prayer is a weapon of our warfare to bring God's order into every single area of our lives. And to understand the power of prayer, we're going to look at Luke chapter 18. Here Jesus is telling us a story about a widow. And he uses her, a symbol of complete weakness, to illustrate just how powerful prayer is in the mouth of of a child of God. Listen to the words of Jesus carefully as we read Luke chapter 18 and what he reveals about the power of persistent prayer through a simple story that he tells. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through to verse 8 says this, Then he spoke a parable to them, or as some translations say, a story to them, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, or turn coward, faint, and give up, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? When Jesus spoke 
this story, this parable. His focus was on the power of prayer and how we are to persist, persist and persevere. See, Jesus knows that it doesn't take much to cause our strength to fail. Jesus knows that as people we have weaknesses and frailties and our strength can ebb away so quickly when faced with problem and crisis. One thought can lift you up in great confidence. Another thought can break that strong confidence in pieces. Knowing our tendencies, our weaknesses, and our frailties, Jesus calls out universally to everyone by saying, men ought always to pray and not lose heart, not faint, not give up. Don't throw the towel in. Give up giving up. Turn to God in prayer. He's telling us here, the Word of God is assuring us that we never, ever have to face any life situation again alone or in isolation. This is a call not to hide away or run from life's problems. This is a call to face life forward and not cower away or back off. Sometimes life can tower over us. Sometimes we can come to all kinds of crazy kinds of con conclusions. But Jesus is telling us, commanding us to pray. In the face of every problem, we are to discover a power that's available to each and every one of us. This is to experience. This is to enjoy. This is to encounter. This is a dimension that is unique to every believer in Christ Jesus. Don't fail. Don't lose heart. Have faith in God. Face your problems with prayer and trust and expectation in God for things to change. When we understand the power of prayer, our problems can become the most positive, attractive opportunities to access God's infinite strength, God's infinite power. Many times, just like the disciples, we can feel as if we're going down. Life is taking us under. Just like when they were caught in that storm and the boat was filling up and everything was sinking, they were panicking, crying out, we're perishing. And suddenly, Jesus comes walking on what was taking them down, what was bringing them under. Jesus walks on it as Lord of it. The wonderful thing is, when you look at Jesus and his interaction with his disciples, he would always lead them into situations that were bigger and beyond them. To bring them to a point where they would encounter new dimensions, new revelations of him. They would see their weakness. They would come to the line of their inability being unable to cross it, and then Jesus would call them over into the impossible, call them over to do things and to see things that were far, far beyond their ability to perform. But the very problems and crises that they often faced became the means of seeing God in His glory intervene. Your problem the situation that you're currently facing, when you access the power of prayer that's available to you in Christ Jesus becomes that bridge whereby you 
you enter into everything that God has for you. His power flows towards you. And you access a dimension that you didn't think was there, that you didn't think was available. Don't lose heart. Jesus says, don't collapse under the strain of life. Never give up. Paul, I think it was in one of his letters, said, stand, and having done all to stand, remain standing. That's the language of never give up. Not because of your strength, but because of the very power and the strength of God within you. Yeah, you may feel like throwing the towel in. Yeah, you might feel like giving up. It's called just being human. But do you know what? There's a resident power within you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Word of God assures us, will quicken your mortal body. In those moments when you think things are crumbling, when things are coming down, when you are weak and you are left unable to do anything, suddenly I guarantee it because you are in Christ, you will find a fresh sense of His power enabling you to stand in amidst life's difficulties. You have an unbreakable strength in your weakness. The very strength of God. Instead of giving up, speak up and pray. Always pray, Jesus said. Not just on some occasions. Always pray. I used to wonder what it meant to pray continuously. You know, Paul said to the church, pray without ceasing. I tried to do it when I was a young person, pray without ceasing. I did it for five minutes. And I thought, oh man, I, I, I haven't got time to do this. When you get a little bit older and you get exposed to the gales and the winds and the storms of life, you find that it's hard to stop praying because you need him every moment. It's not a matter of discipline. It's not a matter of having a good habit. It's just desperation. And the demands of life that cause desperation for you to call on Him continually. Life teaches you to pray without ceasing. Jesus said, always pray. Always pray. Don't give up. Don't give up. Look at your life in a new way because you can access God. Look at your life in a new way because you have open access and availability to the hand that holds the universe and puts stars in their place. Now, this widow that Jesus spoke about was weak, greatly disadvantaged, a perfect picture, really, of life. Perfect picture of us in many ways as we walk through life. She was on her own, vulnerable, had no one to help her, stand up for her. She had no one to de defend her against her opponent. Her opponent, adversary, was bigger and stronger than her. Because of that, a cry within her heart rose. She cried because she was desperate. And really, it's an everyday scene that Jesus gives us in this story, where the stronger was overpowering the weaker. From this story, Jesus teaches us that when we are at our lowest when we are at our weakest moments in life, it's then that we have incredible opportunity to turn to God in prayer, to see Him do what only He can do. This widow was at a point of desperation where things needed to change. I wonder today, are there areas in your life and you just scratch your head and you just think, I need that to change. 
It's a stubborn problem. It's, a, it's an issue of life that is there that seems immovable like a mountain. Jesus' advice to us in such moments is always pray. You wait and see what happens. She was at a great point of desperation in her life, so she sought out a magistrate, one that she thought would help her. And yet, she only found out that this man would do nothing for her. Everything was stacked against this weak widow. She was facing overwhelming de demands from her adversary. Also, she had an extreme disadvantage because the judge was unjust. Yet these very things of being weak and powerless awakened within her an unrelenting determination to persevere. The very things that were stacked against her, the very things that were towering over her, awakened a resolve within her to persevere, gave life to an unbreakable, relentless spirit within this woman. And Jesus points out that the power of prayer is just like that, just like this weak widow who perseveres, just like this weak widow, this symbol of weakness that everybody despised. It's just like that prayer. It's unrelenting. Once you step into the spirit of prayer, you're empowered to persevere through every stubborn problem, through every dark storm. You're enabled and empowered by God to access his strength and to see victory come. Overwhelming demands, extreme disadvantage can be the very means needed to awaken an unrelenting determination in prayer for us to access infinite possibility in God. That's what happens when you open your mouth. You're accessing infinite possibility in God. Because as Paul said this morning, and Paul spoke so wonderfully just about prayer in relation to the prodigal son and how God attends to our needs and lovingly comes to our aid, wraps his arms around us and secures us in his protection and under his power again. Paul said from John chapter 14, whatever we ask, Jesus said, whatever we ask in his name. That will I do that the Father may be glorified. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. When you pray with an invitation like that in mind, you access infinite possibility in God because he loves you. The judge had decided to ignore her. But she simply wore him down by her continual coming. In verse 6, Jesus said this, Hear what the unjust judge said. He wants us now to consider what the unjust judge said as a result of this woman's persistence, as a result of this woman's perseverance, and her continual coming. Verse 4 to verse 5 allows us to hear the inner conversation that the judge had with himself regarding the widow he had previously ignored. Listen to his words, he said. Verse 4, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. This phrase, continual coming, that the judge used in relation to this widow's perseverance has the idea that she was pursuing this judge for help continually, every day. She didn't stop. She didn't back down. She didn't surrender. She didn't run away. She pursued him 
every day. She would not give him rest when he was in court. Even though her case was closed, when he was in court, there she was at the back of the courtroom, looking at him, waiting for a renewed decision. When he was in the marketplace or in a social setting with friends, she pursued him. There she was. Her face would just pop up in the crowd. Their eyes would meet. And the message, the silent message, would be given between them. She was persisting. She was pursuing without lifting a hand, without issuing a threat. She was resolute in her strength and determined in her mind to get justice from her adversary, from this wicked judge that did not fear God or regard man. Constantly asking the judge, constantly wearing him down to get justice over her adversary. And in the end, the judge that didn't fear God nor give regard to man, feared this weak widow because it began to affect his health. She began to wear this man down. She began to overcome him with her persistence. Verse 5, there are two phrases spoken by this powerful judge in the words and the conversation that he had within himself that shows that the widow was breaking him down. Firstly, he said, this widow troubles me. The picture here is of being beat by another, black and blue, causing great distress and trouble. That's what the, that's what the judge was saying when he said, this, this, this widow troubles me. This woman that I should have no regard for, this woman that is the weakest of the weak, that everybody discards and pass by, she's troubling me. She's getting under my skin. She's breaking me down. She's beating me up, black and blue, mentally, causing distress and trouble. Laid his head on the pillow at night, I'm sure. Maybe he had dreams of this weak widow coming and pursuing him continually. Then secondly, the judge says, not only does she trouble me, but she wearies me. And the word weary means to beat down in defeat. The word weary is used to describe the effects of being beaten severely about the head. This woman hasn't lifted a hand against this man this woman hasn't issued a threat, but she simply perseveres and continually comes peacefully at the judge. And he can't, he can't take it. It's breaking him down. At first, the judge had such a stubborn, arrogant resolution and decision not to help this poor widow. But this weak, frail-looking widow brought this man to his knees because there was more to her than meets the eye. Jesus said, listen, listen. You want to know about prayer? You want to know about his power? You want to know about persisting before the throne of God? Listen to the unjust judge. Look deeply into the story and the testimony of this woman. It's the weak against the strong. Take notice of it, because prayer is just like that. The continual persistence of this weak widow wore down the arrogance of this wicked judge, and Jesus said, take notice of his response because there's a message in this story about the power of persistent prayer 
that he wants each and every one of us to get a hold of. Through prayer, the impossible is made possible. Prayer moves the immovable and changes the unchangeable. Never faint, never cave in, never give up, never run away. Having done all to stand, remain standing, child of God, because the weapon of your warfare is mighty in God, the weapon of prayer. Though your prayer may be weak, broken, and feeble, and not up to much, God hears it. Though it may be spoken from a heavy heart and tear-stained, God hears the prayers of his saints. James chapter 5 says that the prayers of righteous men and women avail much before God. They have great importance, great significance in the presence of God. Don't faint. Don't cave in. Start praying quietly. Don't tell anybody else about it, but take the advice of Jesus. Pray in secret. It's the secret of prayer. And your Father, who is in secret, who sees in secret, will reward you openly before your very eyes to the extent that you won't even believe what's happening before you. Pray. Pray. Finally, Jesus turns from the cold old judge to speak about our Father, our loving Father in heaven. He shows us that God is nothing like that unjust judge. He delights in answering the prayers of his elect. In verse 7, I believe, Jesus tells us that God hears the prayers of his people. We never need to fear because God is listening. His ears are ever open to our cry. Verse 7, Jesus said, and will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect? There's nothing that you cannot overcome through prayer. You just got to pray. You just got to ask. You really have. Peter, in one of his letters, I've said it many times, it's so encouraging. He says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open. They're open to their prayers. His eyes, his gaze is upon you. Like we've sung, he's always working. He never stops working. That's what he does. Isaiah, seeing. God in his glory reveals that he's so different to us in that he never sleeps or slumbers. He never grows tired. He never grows weary. His ears are open. His eyes are watching every movement and every eventuality of your life. Is it a stronghold that you stand before, then pray. Is it thoughts that race through your mind that continually want to hold you as captive? Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't collapse or cave in internally and mentally and begin to shut down. Pray. Men ought always to pray. Women ought always to pray never lose heart, never lose heart regarding that stronghold that tries to obstruct the goodness of God and the full blessing of his life in you. Pray, always pray, and you will see those very strongholds fall. You will take captive the very thoughts that want to captivate you 
under their control. You'll have victory. Well, you may have to persist. You may have to persevere. But by your continual coming, you will see a breakthrough. You will see. You will see it. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close in just a few mo moments. Remember a time, an occasion in my life <clears throat> where I needed the peace of God. I've said this numerous times, but I feel it just as we're closing today to say it now. I needed to access the peace of God. I felt anxious, concerned, and you know, you can get to a place in your life, can't you, where there's just that constant sense, that constant presence of, an, of uneasiness, being unsettled in yourself. That's anxiety. It's a spirit of fear that wants to hold you captive and bind you up. Man, I can remember thinking, I, I just want freedom in you, God. Open my Bible one day, and there it was. The answer. The answer. Philippians 4. We read from it a few, few weeks ago. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. There it was. Immediately, I was quite angry. Be anxious for nothing. It was confronting my anxiety. And I didn't think it was, I, I, I didn't think it was possible to live without this weight of anxiety in my life. You see, it can grab a hold of you, become part of you, like a stronghold, a strong grip in your life that won't let you go. And it can mold your mind and your thinking to the point where you think, I cannot live without it. It's part of me. And there it was, the Word of God in all of its fullness and beauty. Be anxious for nothing. Not possible. Impossible. <laughs> can't do that. You can't live like that. Anyway, after all the heat and all the anger that was going on and frustration within me, I decided to give it a go. I thought, you know what? <laughs> I can't live like this. I'm going to try. I'm just going to. I'm going to recite this. And sometimes it's really good, really good to recite the word of God. Find the issue that you're facing in life, whatever it might be. There's a promise for it. There's a way through it from the Word of God. Take up that line, two lines, three lines, or, or maybe a bit more, and start to confess it out loud. That's what I did. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, Dave. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I tried it for one month, nothing happened. I tried it for two months, nothing happened. I tried it for three months, four months. But it started to be a habit. It started to, to get a hold of me. And I started to believe it. I'd be walking. I was in South Africa at the time, and I'd walk and walk for miles. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I was just doing it like a parrot all the time, all the time. Still feeling an anxious, confessing the word of God, not to be anxious. Still feeling concerned and fearful and worried, but confessing the word of God, not to be fearful, to entertain the peace of God that passes all understanding. It was a contradiction absolutely then one day see it i can see it now sun shining and i took a step off the pavement and before my foot hit the road 
suddenly the peace of God hit me like a bullet from a gun. And that anxiety left, was gone. And the peace of God was now guarding my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. He did it. He did it. And he will do it. He's the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. That's an immediate moment-by-moment help of assistance from God to you because he loves you. He will do it. He really will. Now, all we have to do is pray. Pray. Thank you. Thank him for it. Send your request up with full assurance that he will work in your life. Let me finally say this. Over the years, I've talked to people about prayer. I said, God answers prayer. And their response will be, no, he doesn't. I said, well, how do you know that? And all the time they'll say, well, because I prayed and he didn't answer me. But what they fail to realize is that no answer is an answer in, in and of itself. Because God doesn't necessarily answer you in the way that you expect. Sometimes he will not answer. No answer is an answer. It means that you've got the, 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 the strength and the capacity to do what is necessary in that situation. But when you do not have the strength necessary to walk through and walk on beyond what is facing you, that is when God will intervene. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. You may say, well, God's not answering me. I'm in a mess. That's right. You're in a mess. And God may not answer you because the choices that you made to get you to where you are, you now need to make to get you to where you need to go. The power is with you to make new choices, good choices, wholesome choices. Other times God will answer with great power and break you free from chains just like he did Paul and Silas in a prison. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So far are his ways beyond our ways and his thoughts beyond our thoughts. As far as the earth is from the heaven, are his ways and thoughts different from ours? We pray right now. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for the openness of their heart. And I thank you for this word. It's an invitation, really. It really is. Jesus, you're saying, don't give up. Don't back down. Don't run away. Stand up to life. Stand up to problems. Stand up to those worries, concerns, and anxieties. Stand up strong in the face of every stronghold, in the face of every fear. Stand up, not in your own strength, child of God, but pray. Call in heaven's power. Call in heaven's aid. Call in God himself because he loves to listen and hear and act accordingly to the cries and the pleas of his children. Lord, I thank you for your people. I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to rise up within us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would stir up the life of God within us, that we would remember this as we go into next week. Situations are going to come, but we're not going to back down. We're not going to run away from it. We're going to get on our knees and start praying. We're going to smile as we go to the floor, as we call on you, because, Lord, we our expectation and trust and faith is in you. I pray for your people. I thank you for their resilience. I thank you for, your, for their faith. I thank you for the tenacious life that they have. 
that they're here this morning together as your body. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would comfort us. And if some of us have given up, I've given up lots of times. I've fainted. I've cowered in. I've cowered under the problem. But Lord, you've given me strength. You've given me help. And Lord, if there's anybody here this morning and, and life is getting too much, too heavy, and they're burdened, Lord, I pray that this word would strengthen them. And they'd be just like that widow, persistent, unrelenting, resilient, and expectant for victory. Victory in Jesus' name. We ask it for your glory. All God's people said, amen. Why don't we stand to our feet now and give Jesus, listen, give Jesus. Why don't we just do this? A big shout of praise, right? After three. We're going to applaud him. We're going to praise him. And then we're going to sing. And we're going to go out ready to face life with his power and his presence with us. Amen. After three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. We give you praise. Place. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.